Okay, so this is the next episode. I was with Jeff Carlucci in the last episode, and we're doing a part B. He has five major leadership lessons that he uh, was talking about from British literature. And we're just going to pick up right where we left off. If you haven't heard the last episode, listen to the last uh, episode. And he's got some great lessons about leadership. In a world of incompetent bosses, micromanagers, and petty tyrants, one management professor claims that he can help you become the kind of leader that you would want to follow. You are listening to The Leadersmith. Now, here is your host, Darren Gertis. All right. Well, Darren, thank you. It's great to be back again. And um, if it's okay, I'll just jump right yeah, in. Absolutely. Keep going. Actually, let's do a little recap. Okay? okay. So for people that didn't hear the first one, the lesson from Beowulf was about pride. It was... Yep. Push away pride. Okay. The second lesson, it was about... It was from uh, John Milton. Yeah. And it was about the fact that he wrote Paradise Lost after going blind, which discouraged him before he wrote it, but because he persevered through, it said the lesson is persevere through obstacles, but because he persevered through, Paradise Lost is probably greater than it would have been if he didn't have the obstacle. Yeah, that's great. So the obstacle is actually like the the, the uh, Stoics will talk about the obstacle is the way, right? The, yeah. Right. Okay. So, so we got to work around obstacles. And the third lesson was was from Ulysses by Tennyson. And it was talking about Odysseus who got old. And it's a little bit of a perseverance, but it's a totally different point of view on it because Odysseus says that we are not what we were when we were younger, but what we are, we are. And he has experience, he has wisdom, he has uh, used to joke about having guile and it, when you got older, it's this sense of, I have abilities that I didn't have before, so don't rely on past abilities, recognize new opportunities and abilities, and continue to persevere. So what's the next one? So lesson four was William Wordsworth, and we read the Lucy poem, She Dwelt Among the Untrodden Ways. And in that he expresses, and it's probably about his sister, it could be about other women that were in his life, a daughter who had passed away, but he's basically saying, Few people knew you, you were not famous, you were not powerful, but the impact you had on my life was significant. So we were trying to talk about as leaders, you cannot dismiss or discount short meetings, interruptions, opportunities to lead. Um, here at, at school, we talk about the fact that we're always teaching. When I'm in my classroom, obviously I'm teaching. But when I'm walking down the hall, a little annoyed that I have to go to a meeting or I bump into a teacher and so, the students are watching when I'm coaching the sidelines, the students are watching. I'm always teaching and leaders are always leading, whether it's in the two minutes that you thought you had to yourself to go grab a cup of coffee and somebody stops you. So I think that's an honestly that may be the most important lesson of the four we've talked about because it's dealing with people, not things. I think you talk about managers versus leaders. You know, you can manage the things, but you have to lead people. And you don't always lead people by standing in front and saying, this is the way it's going to be. A lot of times it's walking beside them and listening to what they have to say. Yeah. So, and I, so I, let me add one more thing to that. And that is in class, I'll ask, 
Tell me about the the best leader that you know and how they've impacted you. And it's never governor so-and-so, president this, CEO that. It's almost never that. It's a parent, a youth pastor, uh, a a teacher. It's somebody that, like like just somebody, a coach, somebody like a normal human being who has really spoken into their life. They, they took notice. Um, I, you know, I think back into my own life and I think about people that have went, gone out of their way to mentor me. Like they didn't have to, <laughs> but yeah. when I was, um, late in high school, early into college, I, I'd come back from, um, college and my pastor would say, Hey, Darren, let's, let's go out to lunch. He didn't have to go out of his way to do that, but he did. And he poured into me and he and he spent time helping me unpack and think through things. Yeah. And man, that again, it's it's not like these huge leadership successes or huge. I changed this or I put a dent in the universe. No, we, people are leaders all the time at all kinds of levels. And you'd be amazed at how many people are better off. It really is a wonderful life. How many people are better off yeah. because of your existence? So, yeah, that's great. Yeah. I just, I think we discount what we can do by just being a character. Talk about having good character as a leader. People see it. People are encouraged by it. Mm -hmm. It it is impactful. And it doesn't have to be flashy. It doesn't have to come with a speech. Yeah. It's just living life in a way that is, you know, so so follow you, you follow that person because you want to live life that way. Right. And I think as a leader, the I have to have all the answers and I need to fix it is a real burden. And it's not one people necessarily want to hear. They hear that you hear them. I remember I was middle school principal and had a teacher come in with a problem and she's going on. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to fix this. And I started I started to fix it two or three times. So she finally said, stop. I don't need you to fix it. Just listen. Listen to me. That's right. Oh, and you know what? That one applies well at home and in almost every area also. Just listen and, and hear what they're saying. Don't just go, go through it. And, and actually, it's a, that impacted me a lot because I realized I was listening, trying to come up with my answer to what was being said almost all the time as opposed to just listening. Mm-hmm. And when leaders listen, they... The people they lead love them. You talk about if you have my back, you'll have my heart. That's I exactly right. One of the ways of getting someone's heart, and and it's actually it's not manipulative. It's it's polite. It's proper yeah. way you do things. Just listen, and that's a, that's a great lesson. There's yeah. no- okay, yeah. number five. Number five. So this one maybe is not as well known. I mean, in literary circles, it's known. Uh, Thomas Gray, late 1700s, wrote a poem called Elegy Written in a Country Churchyard. Now, the lesson is going to be similar to the one we saw with Wordsworth. But what Thomas Gray does, and it's a it's relatively long. He's walking through a country churchyard. And if you don't, if you're just thinking it's a church, a churchyard is a cemetery. That's when back in the day when people would die, they would bury them in the churchyard. And he sees unmarked mounds of dirt and or very very rude um markings and he begins to wonder wonder what these people were like Mm. what were they um 
and, and he's, he surmises they were probably good family, and he's thinking men who were working, because at the time that would be who would be working outside the home, good family men who were working with the cattle, and then they come home to a, a warm hearth with a fire in it and loving wife and children. The wife has been caring for the kids and working at home, and that's what they were. But then he begins to think, I wonder if they had the same opportunities that others had. And he talks about uh, John Hamden, who was a, a freedom fighter. And he talks about Milton, actually, and talks about great musicians and warriors. And, and he I wonder if given the same opportunity, they had the same ability. And, and, that, and he ends up there going through that. So that's one of the points he makes. But at the very end, he thinks, I wonder what people are going to say about me. And then he thinks, I hope they see me being who I am, a poet. So I, I'm going to pull two lessons out from this. Um, the first one is don't look around and say, oh, well, if I had his stuff, I'd be successful too. Of course, he's got this. Great. I can't do that. You are automatically, artificially discounting your ability and probably negating the opportunity to be successful because you're thinking it's all in the stuff in the surroundings and not in who you are. And so he is saying these were great men, great people. He actually at one point says, those who were wealthy, don't mock these people. They could have been great. But as a leader, we have such an opportunity. I do it. Man, if I had, you know, the United States men's national team uh, on my soccer team, we'd win everything. You know, no, it's about my ability. And so I think that's one lesson. So before you go on to the second lesson, can we pause on that? Yeah, please. So comparison's the kiss of death. It is, yeah. Right? And so when you start to compare to each other, what you're doing is you start to shed responsibility. Because if I had this, then... I'd be no. You, you're responsible. You're to steward what you have with, and, and use what you have, and make what you have as useful as and profitable as possible. You're not. You're not charged with what. what remember, I'm not gay for Don. Right. That's right. Yeah. She's not me. And so that. I mean, that's the way that that works. I. So you have to think in terms because again, if you if you get into the comparison trap, you weaken yourself. Yeah. Like, oh, if only I had. It's it's kind of like um, if you're waiting for other people to somehow save you, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? That that's where you get into. Like, oh, if if they gave me this, then it gives you an excuse, a way out. You stop being responsible. So that's that's what I take away from that. And I, again, I know no world class leader that can action that that doesn't take full responsibility for themselves. Wow. Yeah, I love the way you said that. That when you compare. You're shedding responsibility. Mm -hmm. That's that's incredible. I'm I will steal that. That you will hear. I will hear that in my classroom all year. Hope yourself. Thanks. So the other part that I think is interesting is as he gets to, I hope that they recognize when I die that I was doing poet things. And he comes up with you know brooding by a tree and looking over a brook and all those things. But I saw that as when we lead. We need to be who we are. Right. We talked about earlier that, I think on the previous episode, introverts can be great leaders. Mm -hmm. Don't try to be 
the extrovert. Be who you are. So do the things that you are gifted in doing. Surround yourself with good people. You talked about gay for Don. I had the same experience a couple of years before you got here with Diana Gonzalez, who was the legendary English teacher in the high school. And I tried from the beginning of school to December 12th to be gay, to be Diana Gonzalez. And I was miserable. She was wonderful. I was miserable. December 12th, I finally said, you know what? I've been doing this at another school for seven years. I'm just going to do what I do. And yeah. life turned around for me. And so be yourself. I mean, I know that's, again, I said earlier on the other episode, some of these are obvious. But if you're not doing them, they can just undermine everything that you're doing. As yeah, a and other people have a vested interest in making you not be yourself. Right? So they, What do you mean by that? Other people have a vested interest in not making you be yourself. They 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 will pry you out of what you're supposed to be doing and into their mold, ah. and and stamp that on you. Um, and, and as I was uh, hearing you talk, I was thinking about puppet shows in Russia. <laughs> right? You know the story, uh, right? Yep. So, yep. Um, <laughs> so this was when we were teaching at Stonebridge. And um, so we're grading papers at Barnes and Noble as was our custom around exams, midterms or yeah. finals. I don't remember which. And, um, and, and we're sitting there doing our whatever. And, and I had been on a couple of missions trips to Lithuania. So Lithuania is former Soviet Union. And I've been over there and I was at, at a um, uh, conference in the Samos, that's their parliament. And I was over there, I was teaching teachers, how, you know, stuff about how to teach kind of a principal approach-ish kind of way of things as we do at Stonebridge. And, um, <laughs> and so you uh, were telling me that Debbie is going on a missions trip to Russia. Yep. And then you say what? They're going to be at an orphanage and doing puppet shows for the orphans. And you should do that. And I say, nope. Yeah. <laughs> and you need to understand, he didn't count it. He didn't say, well, you know, it's good. He looked at me and said, no, mm -mm. I can do that. No. Like, what? It's a good thing. Nope. And you said, it's not what I'm supposed to do. It's, it's not me. And <laughs> you're miffed, <laughs> right? <laughs> I was. I, I remember that day, like, you were like cold, like icy from, from like, <laughs> Who's he thinking, right? <laughs> but then the next day, we had a different conversation. Remember the next day? No. Help yeah, me. the next day you were like, you know what? I was upset with you yesterday, but you're right. You know yourself. Yeah. That is not for you. You should not be doing puppet shows at an orphanage. That is not like, there's not, there. I have yeah. no strength in doing puppet shows. Yeah, right? yeah, I remember. Just because yeah. I had been in another Soviet bloc country on a mission trip does not mean that that's what I should be doing here. Yeah, and and you you congratulated me for for knowing yourself, and I thought like, yeah, I'm I'm I appreciate that you see that, but I wasn't trying to be cold or anything. Saying nope, but I didn't have to think about it because I know myself. Right. And that's what we were yeah. talking about earlier. So that's what I was thinking about when you were explaining. Yeah. So and we, even when you went into the po the poem here or not the poem, the talking about the background, the context, you're talking yeah. about, I hope that they see me as a poet. I was thinking mentally, I hope they do not see me as a poet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nothing we won't. That is alluring at all to me about being thought of as a poet. Yeah. 
So we're, we're just different strokes for different folks. I am called Absolutely. to something very different than what you're called to. And that's okay. Yeah. Well, we're called to teach. I don't know how many people have looked at me and said, I could never do that. And I think this is the best thing in the world. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I love it. But if you, again, going back to the Bible, the Lord says, my yoke is easy. The burden is light. The yoke that he places on us, the calling he has given us is what we do. I am the world's worst salesperson. I, you know, cold call. Hey, give me $10,000 to invest. No. Okay, fine. I mean, I'm just terrible at it. And it would cause me stress. This brings life. And I, and I think that's when you're doing what you are called to do as a leader, it's going to generate life in you. You're not going to be faking it. You're not going to be saying, well, I read this article that said I should be like this. And it's just totally the opposite of who I am. Therefore, uh, but I'm going to try it. When you get comfortable, that's when you can really become the best of who you are. And, yeah, and when you appreciate that other people don't have to be you. Yeah. <laughs> like when I, when I hit that revelation, like other people don't think like me, nor do they have to be like me. Wow. That was game changing, right? Yeah. The scripture talks about train up a child in the way it should go and it will not depart from it. Right now, what that actually means literally is according to his bent. Hmm, that's good. Um, if I want, you know, so when I deal with Gracie, I deal with Gracie differently than I deal with Ian because they're different. Gracie wants to have that. Like, like let's, let's go, let's have this art. Yeah. He's not like that. He operates differently. So I have to deal with each one of them differently based on how they're well, according to the way that they're kind of already designed, gifted, uh, the way that they think things are interesting or not interesting. And so we're sensitive to that as we're homeschooling. We're, we're sensitive to like, you know, this one might need to be doing more of that. And this one might be doing more of that. And so when you get that, it changes everything. And you should be doing that with any area of leadership. You're dealing with individuals like the big push in society is equality, equality, equality. No, treat people differently based on who they are. That's the way that you should be dealing with them. Not the same cookie cutter, same exact thing for everybody for some weird sense of equality. So yeah, agreed. Awesome. Okay. So I have, uh, it was at the end of that lesson. That was it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to spring something on you now. And that is, you, you're talking about uh, being 62. You've been teaching since when? 1982. Okay. So that's a good long while to be learning about leadership. I want to hear about what, you know, is the overarching leadership lesson that comes from your time teaching since 1982. Like, what have you, what have, have you taken away from it? I'm going to give you time to thought, think about it because I'm going to give my own example. Okay. Um, like I said, I learned that valuable lesson from you about, you know, you're teaching students, not teaching uh, a subject. And there's this great quote by Maya Angelou, where, um, you know, I think I spent all this time preparing, getting my stuff. I'm like, I really do. Like, I'm way nerdy and spend way more time preparing than they're going to spend reading it themselves or learning it themselves. Right. But it's not about the subject matter as much as it is something else. And she said this, my Angelo said, uh, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Isn't that a great quote? Oh, that's it. 
And I think, you know, when people reflect back on the time that they spent in, in my class or your class, they're going to be thinking about that. They're not going to be thinking, you know, when you taught that lesson about the Constitution, yeah. Article 5, and right, they're not going to be thinking that at all. They're going to be thinking about how whether I help them grow, whether I help them develop, whether I was listening, whether I cared, even if I did it imperfectly, I could I could drop the ball. But if I care and like if you care and you you could say two people say the exact same thing and the person that they know has their back is in their corner and cares says the same thing that somebody that doesn't. And that second person, he just discounted. I don't care what he says. I'm not going right. to listen to that. It, it's a yeah. phenomenal thing. It's like you react to people based on your context. Yeah. So again, that quote was, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Okay. So that's, that's mine. My big takeaway here is that, Teaching is not just about the subject matter. It's about people. Okay, your goal. So I have a feeling this is going to be one of those answers I give you that after we're done, I'm going to go, oh, I should have said this. and I <laughs> But um, I think the lesson I've learned as a leader is that you always show respect. Yeah. Um, I remember hearing teachers when I was a young teacher and over time – I just want, I, I need to earn their respect, I, you know, or I'm going to command their respect. And, and I've often said, if you respect the students in your class, they will have no choice but to show you respect because yeah. you reap what you sow. But I, it, it doesn't matter whether they slow my class down, they're the best students in the class, they're annoyed. You handle them with respect and there's another lesson that's popping up and, and I'm going to give Casey Griffin who we both knew yep. this lesson. When people are upset, they're usually not personally upset with you. And if they are, just let them unpack their suitcase. Mm -hmm. And as they just unpack the suitcase, tell you what's going on, you're going to hear the real issue. And if you do not take personal offense, then you can meet their need. Um, and I'm going to swerve into maybe a third part of this. I, I, I get to mentor boys. You know, at Stonebridge School, we mentor. Last year, my, one of my seniors who graduated, we give a speech, as you know, at our retreat. The seniors get to talk. And he brought up the fact in his speech. So Mr. Carlucci says this all the time. And he told me in ninth grade. And it changed the way I think. And it's changed the way I think. You can choose to be offended or you can choose not to be offended. Mm -hmm. That's right. As a leader, choosing not to be offended. Um, the guy cuts you off and the highway. Don't think, oh, what a jerk. Think, oh, my, he must be on the way to the hospital because something's happened. I mean, I know I'm making that up, but it makes your life so much better. And it makes you a great leader because you can do what we said earlier. You can listen. So. I, I, I rambled through it. If I were to tie a bow on it, get yourself out of the way mm -hmm. as you lead your personal pride and, 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 and who, you know, I need, I deserve this respect and just show respect, kindness, and choose not to be offended. And then you're teaching everybody around you how to do that. So yeah. that is a decent answer. If not, yeah, that's, that's excellent. You get an A. Yeah.
All right. <laughs> I just want to give props to, to Casey. Um, as you know, Nicole worked for Casey. And to this day, we talk about what an excellent leader she was. I mean, yeah. like she just led so, um, so smoothly, so like uh, humanely. So I, she just did such a great job. Uh, I can't say enough good things about how she was as a leader. Yeah. Uh, when you talked about respect, yeah, it's reciprocal. What you give is what you get. Yeah. And if you give respect, you get respect. But it works with other things too. It works with trust. If I'm distrusting yes. of you, you're distrusting of me. If I'm trusting of you, you tend to trust me. It works with love. If you yes. love your students and, you know, this that's what a lot of leadership is. It's just love, right? Yeah. If you just simply love them. If you love them, guess what? They tend to return that. So it's if you it's what what you give out is what you get, and that's just a, a very uh, important principle. Okay, so I am to the point where uh, I get to the end of uh, whatever, and I've select I selected a quote a quotation for contemplation, and that's I do this ahead of time, not knowing exactly what we're going to talk about, but we knew we we're talking about uh, British lit, and so I, I have a Milton quote. Okay. Oh, good. And this works out really well with Stonebridge. Now, Stonebridge was very interested in character and self-governance and that kind of thing. Um, he said this, he who reigns within himself and rules passions, desires, and fears is more than a king. Wow. That's awesome. Good stuff, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know what? There, there's something very right about that. If you control yourself, everything else can go well. If you can't control yourself, you're not going to get very far as a leader. You're going okay. to to inflict some kind of damage somewhere along the way that's going to undercut your ability to lead. So yeah. again, the quote was, he who reigns within himself and rules passions, desires, and fears is more than a king. Great. So there we are. There we go. Okay. I'm going to give you the last word. Anything else that you want to say about anything that we talked about today? I think I've already said it. I just want to restate. We're always leading and mm -hmm. lead in various areas. You lead your children. You lead other people. You may even be leading the person in the grocery store line in the way that you behave. So never, we don't get to, and maybe as followers of Christ, I think this, we don't get to compartmentalize and act like a fool because we just want to. We just don't. Yeah. You, you have to because those every moment you can impact somebody's life. That's that's a great thought. Hey, Jeff, thank you for coming back on the podcast. And uh, we really appreciate it. If, um, if you're listening to this and you uh, want to hear more with Jeff and I, we've talked about a number of other topics from family life to uh, you know, uh, other things about how to lead an academic or educational environment. So you can go back through the catalog and listen to that. I'll post those links to those earlier episodes below. Uh, so if anybody's interested, thanks a bunch, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, Darren. Thank you so much. It's so good to see you. I look forward to talking to you again. You too.